Welcome back to Trends in Low Places. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing, joined as always by Michael Howard. Hello, Michael. How are you today? Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing um, qu- I'm doing quite well. Yeah? Are you not uh, you're staying warm there in Atlanta? It is snowmageddon. Yeah, well, you know, we got a solid um eighth of an inch of snow and ice. Oh, um, wow. this weekend. Uh we were expecting 4 inches, didn't get it. I was luckily out of town, but um yeah, right now it's a it's a, a balmy 35 degrees, which is um weird for Atlanta. What what are you, what are you dealing with? Uh well, it was about Negative four with the wind chill the last couple of days, so that was fun. That sounds uh, fucking terrible. Today, today it's pretty nice. It's it was about twenty eight. You know, light, light dusting of snow. Uh, Some came what, up. What Atlanta would call a blizzard, I think. Yeah, um, we are not prepared. I, although I, I will say I was. Um, so I was actually out of town this weekend, visiting family and friends. And uh, when I came back, I saw salt all over the sidewalks, which was actually a promising sign because. Previously, I believe there was a snowstorm three years ago, and uh, Atlanta was completely unprepared, and the city shut down for like four days. Mm-hmm. There was no ice, no plows, no nothing. They couldn't deal with ice, so no one did anything for four days. So <laughs> beforehand, everyone was freaking out. No one came into work on Friday because everyone was getting groceries and just staying home. Uh, it was very interesting. Well, did you go to the grocery store at all th- uh, before you left on Thursday or Friday? No, one, because I knew I was leaving, but two, I've sort of been prepared by my experience in Florida with hurricanes, and I kind of just know I can tough it out. It was the oddest thing when we used to live in Greenville, the the very first time we were about to have a snowstorm, we went to the grocery store, uh, the Publix that was right outside of our apartment, all of the bread and milk was gone. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Everyone was saying they had to fight for milk. Yeah, like apparently it's just like- milk snow they make some kind of snow ice cream i've heard huh i wish yeah. everyone could see my face because i am not pleased with that particular <laughs> either, that or somebody, either that or somebody made that up just to mess with me but either way Florida, i don't understand for bread and milk don't seem like the obvious choices for if you're locked in for a snowstorm it seems like you'd want water maybe yeah. i could see bread if you got pe- bread and peanut butter and stuff the things that aren't perishable but milk is very perishable if you bread and power. milk seems like what you would collect in like the 1800s is like a like subsistence crop like if you like <laughs> you're not getting a lot of calories you need bread and milk you just you got to have those good fat and carbs yeah like like yeah. not not something you would just like hoard in modern times. Like in Florida for hurricanes, you get your water. Maybe get some beans up in that piece, just yeah. so it, you know you got some non perishable stuff. Canned foods, water. Yeah. I guess uh, the I guess the issue in no one's buying milk in Florida during a hurricane because the power is going to go out. That's true. And that milk will perish very quickly. I guess you can uh, just put stuff outside if you don't yeah, have a fridge. That's a great point. Yeah, but we ooh. have done that before for parties. You don't even need a beer cooler or anything. You just put it outside. Keeps yeah. it nice and cool. Yeah, welcome to the Great White North. That yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> well, Michael, I got to tell you, I want this to be a good episode because I am skipping The Bachelor right now. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. What, what are you skipping right now? Um, The National Championship game. Oh, is that happening? Yeah. What's that about? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, say they play this sport called football. Not familiar with um, it. Yeah. And in college, they have a national championship game. Huh. Um, That's still happening, huh? Yeah. You know, two teams I hate, Alabama yeah. and Clemson. But, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. 
I will say, I again, I was traveling this weekend. I was down in Gainesville. The national championship game, uh, as far as I know, is being played in Florida. Um, <laughs> I believe Gainesville. Tampa. In Tampa, yes. Gainesville, kind of north central Florida. The roads were chock full of Clemson fans just being real rowdy on the roads. Mm-hmm. Probably drinking and driving, if I... If my eye was correct. Didn't if I know anything that. about South Carolina football fans, I would have to say you're probably correct. Yeah. Hmm. How about that? Well, yeah. their their uh, mascot is called Eight Ball, so who knows what they're up to. <laughs> but Michael, I do want to just say before we get started, um, I know. So we're recording this uh, second week of January. Uh, yes. Lots has gone on in the world. Uh, actually, in my home state, near my hometown in Florida, there's not a lot that you know. I feel like we're. I think just like the rest of the people were. Shocked and saddened by events that happened last week in Fort Lauderdale. And unfortunately, outcomes are very familiar. The circumstances are familiar. Uh, or, you know, maybe just the location is a little bit different. But there's not a lot that uh, I don't think we feel comfortable talking with, so uh, talking about. So I feel like maybe we could tackle this later, you know, as events unfold and the aftermath kind of unfolds. But, you know, I don't think this is our, our, our beat. I wanted to recognize it, but uh, I don't think yeah. we can jump into it. There's still a lot of details coming out, and you know we're both pretty close to it. We have a lot of friends that live down in Fort Lauderdale. You're from the Fort Lauderdale area, South Florida, so I don't. Yeah, it's a good to address it, but I don't really feel like that's probably the best theme for the show this week. <laughs> no, no, because uh, I do want to say uh, you know we've uh, are we've been rambling a little bit, but. Uh, I think we want to focus mostly on finding humor in the things that are going on around us. So I do want to jump to a couple of maps that I found and I shared with Michael. But this is something that resurfaced in my uh, Tumblr timeline actually recently. It's from May, but since it came up on my feed, I'm going to go into it. Um, Google Trends shared a, a map of the United States with the top spelling mistakes by state. Just words that, you know, people Googled how to spell blank. And each state was pretty interesting and kind of hilarious. And, Michael, I know we talked about this, but, you know, some some common themes. Uh, a lot of people can't spell the word gray. Vacuum's a tough one. <laughs> um, I do want to particularly call out the morons in Massachusetts, the poor idiot assholes who can't spell their own state name. Oh, ha- no. Yeah, they have to Google oh. how to spell Massachusetts. That's pretty bad. Yeah. What about what about Connecticut? Do they have to Google no, how to spell that? Connecticut fully on point. They know their okay. shit. Uh, hold on, I have to. I'm pulling it up right now. I should have had this before, but uh, um, so to be fair to the people who don't know how to spell gray, um, people spell it differently. Is it is it a y or e y? I really have no idea. So Google claims the correct spelling is a y. I you know I'll take some issue. With I disagree. That. I disagree. They what also, does Liam Neeson say? Oh, what does Liam Neeson say? I think. That was EY. I believe it was EY, and uh, I'm going to side with Liam Neeson on yeah, this Yeah, but one. if we're wrong, we will fix that in post. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. We, fix well, that. if history is any indication, we will not. No. Um, I will say there are a couple fun outliers, and I will disagree with Google on a couple things because um, Connecticut, actually, uh, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and probably a couple other states uh, didn't know how to spell canceled, but Google says it's spelled with two L's. And as a journalist who follows AP Style, I say, no, sir, one L. That's all you get. It's good enough for you. It's good enough for me. Canceled. Yeah. That's definitely one L. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the real world. Um, yeah. What What do you think um, Arizona and Vermont have trouble spelling? 
It's diarrhea. <laughs> I assume uh, for different reasons. Vermont because yeah. of all that good, good Ben and Jerry's. Arizona uh, maybe because of that good, good Mexican food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe the not so good, good Mexican food sometimes. Right. Maybe the worst Mexican food. Maybe. Yeah. Also, a tricky situation. A couple states have desert, but that could or go dessert. Go, it could go both ways. What were they trying to spell? Google. Exactly. You don't know. California, how does Idaho. Google, if you say if you say how to spell, if you type in how to spell dessert, but you spell it as desert, how would they know? Yeah. Which one you were looking for? Yeah. You don't know Google. I do have two more two more states that are very fun because they're our 49th and 50th state. I think I might have made that up. <laughs> Hawaii. Gets really fancy and wants to spell boutonier. Oh. Boutonier. Do you think what that's it, a small sample size issue? May, it could be. Because I, mean, I can't like, imagine like that many people in Hawaii want to know how to spell boutonier. Or like they're all in high school and they're going to prom and they're like not sure how to do it. That's it. That's the only yeah. people who use Google in Hawaii are people yeah. who are going to prom. Yeah. So it's either that or I just don't. Maybe they're all just getting married at yeah, you know, maybe it's that one. Maybe it's uh, you know, people getting married in Hawaii. Destination weddings. A lot of wedding. destination weddings. Yeah, yeah, okay. it could be that. And then Alaska. Do you want to take a quick stab at what they want to spell? Uh, Eskimo. No, Hawaii. Actually, <laughs> no way. They're just oh. so curious about uh their neighbors. That to the warm, south. that warm, warm place. Yeah. How cool would it be to not be cold as shit all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Am be I, able I to see the sun. Yeah. At some point during this winter. Well, I do feel like they see the sun a lot, right? In the summer. Yeah. Oh, is that how it works? I don't yeah. know how the earth works. <laughs> I don't know. So, Michael, I mean, while people not spelling is, uh, you know, hilarious to a very large extent, there's another map we wanted to talk about, huh? Yeah. Uh, there is a map that shows where toddlers are shooting people. And toddlers are defined as one, two, or three-year-olds, uh... And apparently, so you're saying it's a trend in the lowest place. It is in the very lowest place possible. Since 2015, a toddler has shot someone every week. So we're going on two years now that a toddler has shot someone every week for two years. And on average, we're probably well above that. I believe it. As of October of last year, we were at 50 through October of 2016. Okay, so we're, we're trending in the wrong direction. We're is. trending in a very wrong direction. Um, uh, and even worse, <laughs> in 2015, toddlers killed more people than terrorists. Mm, that's a tough mm-hmm. one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that neither of us are big fans of kids, but I'm. it's not because I think they'll kill me. It's just mostly just because I like my money and like my, my freewheeling lifestyle. Well, it, it, it wasn't because I thought they would kill us. But yeah. Now I'm starting to... Um, I, I'm, I'm adding another one to the con column on the pro-con list for, for children. Yeah, and now I look at, you know, you know, we have a lot of friends with kids. I'm eyeballing mm-hmm. those guys now. I don't know what they're yeah. going to do to me. Yeah. Um, where... Where are these shootings happening more often than not? Uh, you know, the the very, very dark red. So dark red, it's basically almost black. I've um, got a bad feeling you're going to say Florida. Oh, you'd be wrong, though. Oh, that hey. one is pretty high, pretty high, but not the highest. Okay. The highest 
the highest amount of people shot by toddlers. Uh, Georgia. Mm. Georgia. There are apparently a lot of just murderous toddlers in they, Georgia. Is, they th- <laughs> they so thirsty for murder, huh? So th- the thirstiest Shit. toddlers. Well, now I'm going to be side-eyeing every kid I see. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're packing. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if they're just going to be getting up to mischief. You know, you you moved from Florida thinking that you were getting away from some of these some of these bad crazy people mm-hmm. and then you move to a state where toddlers are just out there shooting people left and right yeah so i i will say i've noticed that so far since i've moved so florida world renowned for being uh you know how should i put it insane um and you know i've always chalked that up to just the insane heat the alligators walking around left and right and just the general accessibility of narcotics and synthetic drugs i guess mm-hmm. um but I, now that i've moved i've realized that every place just has its own brand of weird and crazy and even georgia like i do think a lot of it comes down to weather like for instance last night it was 29 degrees on friday it's gonna be 85 mm-hmm. i don't get that and that that's does got weird a, things to people's minds i think a lot of mood swings for sure yep yeah. I mean, if you can't trust the weather, who can you trust? Certainly not a baby. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, Definitely not. And apparently not celebrities, because, Michael, we um, I stumbled across a news article earlier in this week, and it claimed that Rick Astley, he of Rick Rolling fame... Never uh, gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Uh, wanted to uh, serve up his own beer to people a rick astley branded beer um and he didn't have a name for it yet he's still in the exploratory phase but it had a funny name from the article i read uh which i hope he adopts called never gonna give you hops (laughs) and i really enjoyed it um uh but would that be a gluten-free beer i guess it would have to be huh i don't know never gonna give you hops i'm gonna be honest i don't really know what hops are um, I've seen them. They I look a, like little poops. I have poops. a vague idea of what they are. But they look like little green that's what gives it. <laughs> that is true. And they smell great. So Rick Astley yes. um, is coming out with a beer. Mm-hmm. Is there like a reason for this? Is he is he like a, a home brewer of some sort? Or no. is this just, I think he's he just, just like, wants, I'm out of money. Yeah, I think he just wants to remind the people what he's got to offer, which is okay. apparent, apparently lightly alcoholic beers. <laughs> But it got me thinking, like, who else should be making... Ooh, well, did you hear that train horn? Okay. That's, that's fun. Choo-choo. Uh, yeah, just for the people, um, I live one block away from a train station, and it comes through at the most inconvenient times. Well, it's convenient. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Um, so, yeah, it got me thinking, um, you know, what other celebrity products or beverages would I want to imbibe? Um, you have anything for me on that, Michael? You know, I... I t- I thought about this in two different ways. Um, you know, I started thinking about cele- other celebrity products I'd, I'd like to see. But then I started thinking, you know, what other 80s or 90s pop stars uh, really need their names back out there? You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe they need maybe they need to, to introduce some other beverage. You know, you got 50 Cent with his vitamin water. Yeah. You got P. Diddy with Ciroc vodka. Sure. Rick Astley with his beer now. You know, and. What else could we do? So, I'm going to throw a few at you here. Please. Um, I'd love to. So, I got Eagle Eye Cherry, uh, Savignon Tonight. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So, okay. I don't know how that one treats you. A nice, a nice uh, Sauvignon well, wine for for a, an evening. Beverage. So that just reminds me of the actual real world situation where the band Train uh, of you know Drops and Jupiter uh, fame actually has their own vineyard with some atrociously named wines, <laughs> including Drops of Jupiter and. Uh, you know, I'll look up another name later and tell you. But uh, so, so truth is stranger than fiction in this case. Indeed, exactly. But I like right. where I like where your head's at a lot. Uh, I don't mind telling you. Uh, staying on the on the on the wine train here. What about um, Billy Joe Pino Man? Strong, very strong work. Uh, Journey, uh, don't stop the Riesling. Okay, I like that you're on a wine kick. Um, what about I Wanted That IPA by Backstreet Boys? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good that one. I got uh, that's fun. I got Phil Collins in the ale tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. What kind of what kind of ale are you thinking that one is? Uh, it's probably gonna be like a a, a Belgian ale. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with that one. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, we got uh, Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Uh, German Pilsner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because a little, a little World War uh, throwback. Yeah. No, I get that a lot. That, that <laughs> one. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> All right. How about this one? This is not a beverage. Uh, Van Halen's "You Really Got Meat" steak delivery. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I feel like they could go simpler, go direct to consumer, like every man with a just uh, Van Halen jump rope. <laughs> And it's just, I, you know, I feel like because we are who we are, that would be an in, like an internet connected jump rope that like you know connects to your smartphone and does all sorts of stupid shit. Like, oh, oops, you didn't jump today. Um, you know, you lose ten points. <laughs> it's like the Fitbit jump rope, right? Brand new uh, by I, Van Halen. So I do want one more celebrity product, and then I want to explore that stupid, like, Wi-Fi-enabled jump rope idea for a second. Um, what would you think about a store called Bed Bath & Beyonce, where Ooh. it's it's exactly Bed Bath & Beyond, but it's all these same, like, stupid, as seen on TV products, but everything has Beyonce on it, like, and all the TVs in Bed Bath & Beyonce have commercials, like, infomercials. With, like, Beyonce doing stupid shit, like, not being able to use Tupperware or, like, cracking an egg and blowing her eye out. Because I, so I like be, that idea. It'd be like Beyonce being the person in all of the infomercials that doesn't know how to use just, like, standard objects. Right. Like, she she takes a frying pan and puts it on the, the burner and then, like, opens up the refrigerator and a bottle of ketchup, like, shoots into her face just because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm shopping there. If that exists, I'm shopping. Yeah, because part of me thinks that Beyonce has never really used a consumer product anyway. So, like, if if she walked into a Bad Bath & Beyond, she wouldn't understand what was in that store anyway, other than, like, blankets. Because I assume even celebrities use blankets. Because um, they're just like us. But, you know, if you showed her, like, a microwavable, like, egg fryer, would she understand what that was? I don't think so. I, I'm going to guess no. I assume yeah. that people just bring stuff to her, and then she's like, "Great, thanks." Yeah, thank you. I'm Queen B. Give me one more. Give me, uh, give me one more sick celebrity product. All right. So, what about Radiohead's OK Computers? They're not great. Yeah, they're just okay. They're just okay. You know, like Are they're they... not their top of the line. 
They're not like your your Apple or maybe your Dell XPS, but like, you know, maybe we're talking like an Acer, Aspire like, of some like sort. It's a Dell Inspiron. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's like got, an affordable everyman computer. You think it's maybe like a little bit moody? Like Definitely it, it, moody. Yeah. yeah. It, sometimes it works the way you want it to, and then sometimes it just kind of whines at you because the fan's just going. Yeah, and it's probably a little British too, so just mm-hmm. sort of like, it's a gloomy Gus every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. That's a nice little product. I feel like Tom York would come out in support of those products. Yeah, that's, that's just a solid little okay computer. Yeah, that's good. So actually, that leads me into last week was the Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas, which um, I'm a bit of a tech nerd, gadget nerd. I love seeing what comes out of. Uh, CES, as it's called. Usually it's a lot of TVs and drones. You know, a couple years ago it was iPads. Like, you know, they made their big announcement and everyone copied them. Um, But, you know, every year CES is a hotbed of really stupid products. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the one that stood out to me, there are two actually, was a Wi-Fi enabled hairbrush. Oh. And a smart trash can. That could, uh, as you threw products away, if you waited a second and actually scanned it, it had a, like a little laser like barcode scanner that would like if you threw like a milk carton away, it would scan it and add it to a shopping cart for you. Um, and but I don't if know, you're throwing it away, isn't it already too late? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'll be honest, how do you, when you throw out trash, how do you do it, Michael? Do you like gently place your shit in the trash can? Uh. No, no, it's usually multiple things at a time, and I'm definitely not making sure that, you know, the barcodes are visible. It's either multiple things at a time, or I'm backing up from, like, 15 feet away and shooting, like, a, like a jumper at the at the buzzer just to kind of, like, bank off my bag of chips into, into the trash can. Like, definitely not taking the time to, like, scan things appropriately um, and, like... Really, really make sure I'm cataloging what I'm throwing out. It's just a en masse. Oops, all my things, all the things in my refrigerator are rotten. I guess I got to throw these out. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm going to go back. Like, if I'm throwing out the milk, that means I'm out of milk. Right. I don't have time to wait for new milk to show up. I need to know this before I throw out the milk. Oops, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already going without milk. I'm already, uh, my, my cereal is dry or I have to put beer on it. Yeah. Plus, have, have you ever used the self-checkout, like, counters at a grocery store or, like, a any store? I have. I have. I I like using them because normally people don't use them. They're, like, afraid of them. Right. But uh, for some reason at the Jewel by my house, like, literally everyone tries to use these things. And the grocery store has got to be the worst place to use a self-checkout because every... All the barcodes are in weird places, and they're all folded over weird, and it's just a mess. Well, it's that, and then, like, it either doesn't scan, or as I've discovered recently by trying to use it at my local Publix, which I never had a problem with in Florida, but for some reason the Georgia Publixes are just trash heaps. Um, On the self-checkout, you have to keep your entire order in the bagging area. Like, you cannot move anything off of it. Until you're entirely done with your purchase. And, like, the... It might be an 8.5 by 11, like, area to... It's like, it's basically a room enough for one bag full of things. So if you have more than one bag or, like, you want to keep stuff separate, 
you're gonna have like it literally I, I checked out with maybe 15 items one time and it called an attendant over seven times to like clear my order it was infuriating it almost seems like they're just trying to make you not use it exactly and it's like yeah. that's almost how i feel about a lot of the things that came out at like ces and just most of the technological te- technological innovations are it's like it seems like such a good idea and it's going to make your life easier right up until the moment it doesn't and everything goes wrong and it like just all it does is piss you off you know there were a, a couple things at ces though that i think were just novel innovations and i'm really excited about them coming to market go on can i can i just go through a couple of these things i insist that you do kush have you ever had a problem with your underwear not protecting you from gamma radiation almost constantly i'm like the incredible hulk down there exactly this there is smart underwear that is silver lined to protect your giblets from radiation from giblets or stink because i've heard of like silver stuff well, you know like that's a from... that's a that's a side that's a side thing. Right, that's good too. But most importantly, it protects you from the radiation coming off of your cell phone and your your key fob and anything else that's just emitting harmful radiation to your giblets. Right at your giblets, huh? Right at them. Okay. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and they're only like forty five dollars a pair, which is a steal to keep your giblets radiation free. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, looking at. You know, some like custom underwear services anyway, like, you know, a lot of, like with cool fabrics, so you get them online. They're like 20 to $25 a pair anyway. Yeah. So if I can guarantee my, my, my giblets won't become like some sort of weird irradiated freakazoid, mm-hmm. I'll pay $45 for a pair. Yeah. Am I going to wear them eight times a week? Probably. You can't well, yeah, stop because, me. Because I mean, the silver protects from the stink. So, I mean, that's just the, that's an added benefit. Mm-hmm. I assume it's yeah. indefinite protection from stink also. That's of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to go and say, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, sign me up for two pairs, my man. That'll last right, me a month. Perfect. What else you got for me? Uh, what about a wrist breathalyzer? Now, you know I got to have that, Michael. Exactly. It It monitors the sweat coming off of your wrist to tell you when you've had too much to drink. This... Does your wrist because sweat it's, a lot? it's awkward to pull out a breathalyzer at a party. Right. You don't want to be that guy. Right. Am I too drunk to drive? Let me pull out my entire apparatus. <laughs> I'll just I'll just cough onto my watch very discreetly. Very discreetly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't my wrist doesn't really sweat that I know of, but you know, I assume if it's at CES it must work. Right. Well, you'd be surprised. But um I, I will say I feel like that opens yourself up to a lot of like drunk reasoning, which probably isn't the best. Like, like if I if I had been drinking, and I I used to be very bad. I will admit about drinking and getting into my car and driving. I've I've become very much better, especially with um, you know recent innovations like Uber. Um, but mm-hmm. if I had a watch on my wrist that said, "Oh, oops, you're at point oh nine." I would say to myself, well, that's not too bad. <laughs> Even though the legal limit is 0.08. I'd be like, hmm, I can handle it. Um, You're like, so, by the time I get to my car and I get in and I turn it on and I start driving, I'm sure that'll drop. Yeah. Once I chew some gum, like my breath, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I feel like it's that drunk reasoning that kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I knew that I was like 0.09 or like 0.10, like, 
It's like, okay, I got, now I have room to, I have a place to negotiate with myself. Like, where if I didn't know that number, accurate or not, which I would very much assume is inaccurate, um, if I didn't know that number, I probably would be like, I'm just drunk, I won't drive, Sora agrees with me. Um, But, you know, I think if I have a starting point to open negotiations with myself, it's all downhill from there, and I will eventually get into a car. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's almost to the point where you have too much information right. about yourself, right? You Very much so. Especially because I normally don't have that information to begin with. Um, so it's either it's either a opening for, for negotiation or just a game to determine how many beers, um, <laughs> you know, I can get into myself before I am by my watch too drunk to drive. Uh, and right. I guess I also would have to start sweating, so I would just run around a lot. I remember at a couple parties or campouts or whatever where there was a lot of drinking going on. Anytime anyone had one of those little breathalyzer things that it was never actually used to show someone whether or not they could drive. It was only used to have a competition to see who had the highest blood alcohol level. It was essentially a show of dominance over everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't see this really being used for what they think it should be used for. It won't be used for a healthy purpose, is what you're saying. Yes. No. Yeah, I'm with Nothing you. good is going to come of that. It, nothing but good could come from it. The technology, the technology is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, what else are you thinking? What else uh, struck no, you from couple, CES? I have a couple really bad ones. That I just do not understand. And maybe, maybe since you explained to me how good Snapchat spectacles were, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you can explain to me why somebody would need these. Please. Um, so are you a gamer, Kush? Do you, do you play PC games? I game pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, not really, but yeah. yeah what, uh, would you, would you pay $9,000 for a almost 18 pound gaming laptop? Yeah, so. <laughs> As I said, I, I do stay up on most technology, and I will say um, gaming laptops are – so for color, I work in uh, you know uh, the web industry and design and uh, user experience, and you know we're always talking about making choices that benefit your users and also benefit your business. And I will say that gaming culture and particular hardware for – what the gaming industry likes to imagine are hardcore gamers is one of the last industries that have just not accepted what user experience actually means. And I saw some of these laptops come out and they have like neon lights around the, you know, the, the trackpad and all sorts this of ridiculous. This one has a curved screen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And again, a 19-pound laptop. Like, if I wanted a 19-pound laptop, I would literally build a desktop tower and sit it on myself. Like, it's so stupid. you would still be under 19 pounds. And $9,000. I could build the best gaming, like, desktop in the world for, like, $2,500 tops and have a great time. Mm. It's, It's, like, an absurd just... And the thing is, a lot, a lot of times, like gamers sort of do it to themselves because I feel like there's a couple companies in the space, like Alienware, who has always built these like really edgy sort of like big bulky boxes with like a lot of lights on it, and people buy this stuff, I guess, to look 
cool. I don't fucking know. No one's going to see it because, like, generally speaking, PC gaming is not a group activity uh, in your, you know, in your room or whatever. Um, so, it, you know, people buy this shit and reinforce these manufacturer ideas that, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we want. But they look ridiculous. They don't function well. Like, you know. Well, here's what I don't understand. Like, there is a there's a point of diminishing returns, I would think. Like, okay, yeah, you don't want to just have the minimum specs because then you got to deal with lag and you have graphics issues and all that other stuff. But, like, once you get to, like, 2, 3x what the minimum required are is for a particular game, like, are you really getting any benefit from that? Um, Probably imperceptibly. I mean, for most people, we, you know, you and I probably would never... Um, but, you know, there's probably power users out there. People who play a lot of games that would see it. But, you know, so much of what makes gaming or, you know, any technology out there is just the power contained within the unit. And, you know, I guarantee you the people who built this laptop weren't really thinking about battery life or, you know, those sort of things. They were just <laughs> thinking about what sort of red fucking neon or LEDs can I just drop <laughs> into, like, the middle of the screen for some reason. Like, it's... You know, it's ridiculous. It's not served for function. It's not It's not even form. It just, like, looks like that weird sort of tough gamer look that, you know, apparently people want. I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I saw a picture of this thing, and I don't know if you ever watched the show Halt and Catch Fire. I have. It's great. It is a, the, first, the first season is about them building a laptop that's supposed to be affordable, you know, and... They build this giant monstrosity of a laptop because it's set in, like, 1984 or whatever. Um, and that's all I could think of was, like, basically you just you took a desktop and then shoved all the components into a smaller container and built a monstrosity of a laptop that no one could possibly carry around in use. Right. And But I guess that's kind of the point of CES is to introduce these things that no one actually wants <laughs> yeah so i mean f so for my job we've been focusing a lot on corporate innovation lately and i actually wrote an article about ces and you know how experimentation is really the king at that it's like you know sort of this testing lab for um you know innovators looking to try new things but these laptops in particular the ones you're talking about are such they're almost antithetical to what you would expect at this point from these manufacturers because for so long these pc makers like dell lenovo hp they've been playing catch up in terms of design and customer experience and quality um you know to apple who you know makes this very refined product and then you know they've actually been making really solid really pretty really functional laptops and you know oh yeah and to at this point to release a product that looks like these things and, and folks I cannot overstate how ugly and boxy and just like bright these are is almost inexcusable like they've done all this great work catching up and then rather than actually innovating on the performance they just make this shit box that is poop trash it makes no, no sense I mean it would be it would be like if uh you know, you have all these car manufacturers coming out with the latest and greatest car. It's got Bluetooth and it's got all this stuff in it. But, but they've been focusing on the design. It would be like if a, if if GM just released like the or Ford just released the re-released the Ford Pinto. It was like in an ugly crap box, but they just shoved a lot of stuff in it, like an like a five liter Mustang engine and and Bluetooth and hey PCs, millennials and they were like, hey, do you like blow up this? like your parents did? Yeah, Pinto. It's it's ninety thousand dollars and it's a Ford Pinto, but it's totally cool. 
please sign me up. Uh, speaking of cars, I know there was one pretty silly car at at CES that I did not like. I think it was from Fiat Chrysler. Um, they released a millennial focus concept car, which just those words alone infuriate me. What like one knowing you know what concept car usually means in the space um, is you know it, it, I know it'll never happen, but. The fact that it was a make, minivan, Kush. It was a minivan. It was just a minivan. It was, a it was just a minivan. But like the fact that you have to make a millennial focused anything is infuriating. But like a car, like what do you? What? what I still can't what? figure out what made it millennial focused though. It you was just. To... It was a minivan that had like DVD and computer stuff. Well, let in me it. let me read it to you. So what's so millennial about the Chrysler Portal? Well, that means customization and connectivity. The seats can be moved around on tracks or folded up and removed entirely, while wide rear doors are designed to make reconfiguration easy. On the connectivity front, it includes an in-vehicle wireless network, as well as plugs for devices. What in the fuck, first, does that even mean? Second, why does that not apply to literally anyone who would want an autonomous car? Like, you just described a minivan. That's all you described. Minivans have had stow-and-go seating and DVDs in the back of cars, and the Chevy has had uh, the wireless or the Wi-Fi compatibility in their cars for years. This is just a minivan that they're trying to market to this nebulous group of millennials that isn't really a homogenous group. It doesn't really exist. Yeah. I'll be honest. Michael, if you were your age, which you are, or 60... What would you want to do in your car if you didn't have to drive it? I would want to watch movies. I'd probably be on my phone a lot. Um, play play game. games. You fucking millennial. Yeah. Ooh, gross. Oh my god, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Ooh. Or I'm just a freaking person who has technology in my pocket at yeah. all times. It's infuriating. Um, so I feel like that's very you know a very American view of you know technology and everything. But Michael, I do want to. Um, Reintroduce a new segment. What's on Weibo? Ooh, wee. Do you know what's on Weibo this week, Michael? I don't know what's on Weibo, but I'm excited to hear about it. Well, I have a question for you. What is an appropriate event for strippers? Ooh, um, exotic dancers, if you will. Uh, you know, a bachelor or a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe uh. Maybe a guy's trip. Um, or a ladies, Vegas, ladies trip, please. Thunder. Or a ladies trip. Um, or who, you know, Thunder uh, Down Under yeah. at the ladies trip. Or, you know, they could enjoy a, a nice strip club. All, uh, you know, that is true. Yeah. It's an, it's an inclusive event. Um, <laughs> where would you expect maybe to not find strippers? Um, church. There's a obviously. lot of places. Yeah, church. Mm-hmm. Um, the DMV. I probably right. wouldn't see strippers. Yeah, not a lively um, event. I wouldn't see them probably at, like, a theme park would probably not be. Unless it was a stripper theme park, I guess. Right. But, and that does sound pretty um, enjoyable. My my grandma's birthday party. I would not mm-hmm. expect to see strippers. What about your grandma's um, funeral? You know, I would have to say that I would not expect to see them there. That's probably, you know what, I'm going to put that just above the DMV as to where I would not expect them to be. Hmm. Well, Michael, then you must not be Taiwanese because um, recently a funeral parade for a Taiwanese uh, politician included 
a parade of what appeared to be uh, Jeep Wranglers with uh, more than 50 scantily clad exotic dancers dancing on top of the Jeeps as it rolled through the middle of town. Um, and I have so many questions. Ex- yes, yes. Give me one of those questions. I can I have... Maybe I can help out. Uh, so this was for a, a politician who died? Yeah, in, yeah. In but, Taiwan? But let's just say that, um, well, so the son of the politician, who was a county councilman, let me, just, okay. a, just a general local politician. Um, okay. He threw the festive parade, his, the son did, uh, because his father enjoyed a buzz and hoped the ceremony would give his father a happy departure. Was... Was the father particularly known for doing something with exotic dancers? No, or? but um, there is apparently a growing industry, which, as all good things must do, started with the mafia uh, because they recognized a nice business <laughs> opportunity to uh, sell uh, sex workers to local folk. Um, it's a kind of a growing industry uh, for electric flower cars or electric festoon cars, which are mobile stages that carry performers around uh, who can sing, dance, bump, and grind as they accompany the dead to their last rites. Huh. Well. hmm That, um... Well, shit, Kush. I don't even know where to go with this one. Well, uh, uh, what would I? What would you say if I also told you these performances were common at weddings and religious festivities? Can oh, you imagine boy. going to church... And, uh, you know, hearing your shitty pastor butcher a Christmas service like he did last week for me. But then, mm-hmm. uh, all you know, kind of in the corners, instead of, like, a, a like, worship band full of, like, kind of pudgy dudes kind of sort of butchering uh, the, the songs, there were, there were just, uh, you know, people swinging dong or boobies around at you. <laughs> Could you imagine that? What if that? the nativity scene, what if the nativity scene, instead of being a, a dildo nativity scene, it was actually just a stripper nativity scene? Yeah. Just Filled with strippers just grinding next to baby Jesus. Yeah, just like a sexy Gabriel shows up and is like, hey, oh, yeah. be not oh, afraid. Yeah. Check this oh, out. Oh, we're the three wise men. Yeah. We're mostly bringing dick. <laughs> also some myrrh because we don't know what that is, but it sounds <laughs> cool. We assume it has something to do with dick. Yeah, just guessing. Um, so, yeah, that's what's on Weibo. And I feel like pretty indicative of where we should all be as a as a nation or as a global culture really you got anything for me michael you know i you know i have to commend them because we still live under kind of this this puritanic ideal that like the human body is something to be ashamed and you're supposed mm-hmm. to cover it up and yeah it's really kind of um admirable that it was just like you know what my dad liked he liked to be around uh strippers or i guess exotic dancers and i think that on his way to his final resting place that he might enjoy this a little bit yeah i will say the chinese government not the biggest fan of this practice um i would imagine um, not yeah but you know what i i do appreciate it just like hey you know what he wanted to die like he lived having a good time (laughs) and yeah i i do feel i mean especially like you know we're not the most sex-positive culture around the world, especially in the U.S. We have a lot of puritanical views. I think it's great that, you know, people are just willing to celebrate death by enjoying life, you know, in whatever form that might take. Also, because um, a common answer to why did they invite uh, strippers to these events 
is because the deities enjoy it. And I know that's true. Because God does that love is God does love definitely love true. Yeah. Yeah. No two ways if around. I that. know if I've learned anything from um Roman and Greek gods is that they really like the human form. Yeah, Chaboys like to get down, for sure. Yes, they did. Yeah. So, Michael, I do want to give us maybe about 10 more minutes, and then you know I got to get back to The Bachelor. I got a fun conspiracy theory uh, <laughs> that happened in 2016. Yep. Um, so, apparently, there's a, there's a theory that exists that two of our uh, most famous rappers are actually clones created by either the government or the Illuminati to throw us off track. From what? Um, From what? The first one is that... (laughs) Not sure, exactly. Uh, So the first one is Gucci Mane. Oh, no. Uh, He went to prison. Yeah, he went to prison, and when he came out, he seemed to be a little bit more buttoned down, uh, a little bit less of, um, you know, maybe the the prototypical rapper. Sure. Um, he was missing his signature ice ice cream tattoo on his face, and the conspiracy is that he was a clone uh-huh. of Gucci Mane, and they just forgot the, by the, the, the tattoo, huh? Yeah. Well, no, they you know they, they didn't want to show the tattoo anymore. You know, it's not part of the uh, the whitewashing of rap, which is the conspiracy theory. Is that he was created to be a slightly nicer Gucci Mane. <laughs> Just a scotch, scotch nicer. Uh, and then the, the best one is that you know, you're very aware of Kanye West's troubles. Yes, I am familiar. You know, he was he was admitted to uh you know, he, he had some issues, he went to either some rehab or some kind of psychiatric treatment, and then all of a sudden he was back out. Um, he had blonde hair. He was talking well of Trump. Mm-hmm. He met with Trump at Trump Tower. Yeah. Some people thought this was very, very odd. Yeah. And they have said that Kanye went in to this treatment facility and came out as a clone created by the Illuminati. Well, you know, that one I kind of get because, to be fair, the Illuminati is just Jay-Z and Beyonce at this point and they they do know Kanye and they might have a they ve- do but they might have you know, a vested he, he interest talking bad about Jay-Z yeah exactly so exactly they might have a vested interest in you know making a kinder Kanye <laughs> a, a better Kanye if you will I will say for Gucci Mane though I don't necessarily and this is again speaking as just a a white man I don't know about the the uh, logical argument that, you know, maybe he just went to prison and, you know, paid his debts to society and realized he could do different things with his life. Maybe that was, maybe he just learned that instead of, hey, I'm an alien now or a clone. Well, the, the problem with that is that you're injecting facts and reason into my conspiracy theories. Well, uh, um, I will say, Michael... Um, I've talked to uh, to you about him before, but I do have a an uncle, an uncle Bill, who does actually love a good conspiracy theory, and this one does remind me of one of his favorites, which is apparently accepted by more than twelve million Americans. Oh no! Yes, and that the United States government, along with a number of world powers dating back for hundreds of years, 
most of the world leaders of these world governments are um, alien reptiles from the fourth dimension. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is a theory I, by uh, David Icke. Um, I have seen this. I have come across, you know, sometimes when you fall down a YouTube rabbit hole mm-hmm. and you just start clicking at the next things that are suggested sure, to you. you start with, how does that third yeah. tower fall? You know, yeah. can airplane fuel melt steel? And then, you know, right. five. And then all of a sudden you're watching videos of supposed proof of people being reptiles. Yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you, it's pretty convincing. It's pretty compelling information. Indeed. But it makes you think if they had so much power mm-hmm. over the functions of the U.S. government and they controlled media and everything else that they supposedly control, that how would they let this information get out? Just random YouTube blogger, you know, reptilian profiler 69 uh, can just put this stuff out there and and still exist well you can't stop the signal and also i want to believe those are two very um (laughs) pop culture catchphrases which i really appreciate um yeah it's um you know the truth is out there michael and people will find it my favorite part about conspiracy theories is the idea that life is just one giant da vinci code movie right where all of the clues are laid out for you in a very logical puzzle. And all you have to do is just find the right picture and enhance it the right amount and look at the right detail. And everything will be just laid out before you. And you can find out that, yes, that pizza place is obviously a place where they're running a child pornography ring. Even though lots of people go to this pizza place every time and could tell you that there's no basement. Right. And all of your clues point to a basement. But. Yeah, I think that speaks to the power of the internet and particularly Reddit and 4chan and to, um, you know, sort of in amplifying stupid ideas. Um, and yeah, this is we could go down the rabbit hole of fake news and everything else. I, th- I do think we should explore that. But even at the after the Boston Marathon bombing, I wrote an article for my for my company about. How, you know, the responsibility that social networks bear for essentially what their people, what people do on them. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the aftermath of the the marathon bombing, people, you know, Reddit investigators or detectives were hunting. They were scouring through photos on Flickr and stuff like that, trying to track down the bomber. And, you know, they falsely identified like four different people and like publicly identified them and like shared their information before you know, the actual investigation was true. And it's like, that shit happens all the time where just like the internet latches onto idea and amplifies it to an unhealthy and incorrect degree. Yeah. I mean, I think it points to the fact that the human brain is kind of hardwired to find patterns where there aren't patterns. Right. Um, And when you have the vast information network that is the internet at your fingertips, it is so easy to find information that fits the pattern that you've already decided exists. No matter what other information comes in, you can fit it to your your narrative that you've created. Um, And it becomes dangerous, but at the same time, it's kind of the beauty of the internet um, that you have all this information available. Yeah, I've I've said this a couple of times. I'm sure I read it somewhere else, but it always... 
I love the book Ender's Game for a number of reasons. I don't know if you ever read it, but in it, you know, Ender is a child who is kind of raised to become the savior of humanity against this alien race who's invading. Um, but in the meantime, his two siblings, a brother and sister, um, to like in the background without knowing what's going on to support him, they start a sort of like shadow war on the internet with like these two <laughs> false identities and like Orson Scott Card, as much as I have very many problems with him, he sort of identified like he kind of preconceived what the internet could be as far as social networks and upvoting and stuff like that. But in the book, these two people like with their two public personas set the entire narrative of a planet. Like they unite the entire society of earth around an idea or two ideas and then blend it to a single idea to, you know, eventually support their brother who they don't really even know exists at this point. But the, like the great as the book is crazy. It has a lot of crazy sci-fi stuff. The most unrealistic detail of that book is that two people could convince the internet of anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You <laughs> once the internet has its idea, uh, you're not changing that. Yeah. It's gone. You've lost it. Once you've given it to the internet, it's yes. gone. It's forever. no longer. Somebody's yours. going to run with it and change it, and it is going to morph into something you don't even recognize. Yeah. By the way, we did very much gloss over that uh, something like three and a half percent of Americans believe that alien reptiles control the world. <laughs> that is true. Um, that's quite terrifying, actually. That is actually more terrifying than they thought of alien reptiles controlling the world. Yeah, no, it really is, because it's like, if you honestly believe that alien reptiles controlled the world, why would you even participate in it? Like, if you actually believed that, I think 3.5% of the world is enough to band together and stop the reptiles from taking over or or take control back from the reptiles. I mean, Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just for, you know, color's sake, 12 million people believe that. Uh, the total active U.S. military is like 1.4 million people. Exactly. That's enough. That's enough for an uprising, for sure. It it definitely is, and that's just twelve million people in the United States. <laughs> that's true. If you get everyone in the world involved, uh, I mean, you could basically take over the world based on, on just a platform of we're not going to let reptile people control the world anymore. Yeah, just just knock it off, alien reptiles. Just just knock it off. You probably wouldn't even have to do anything. You could just get everyone together and be like, hey, this is how many people we have. Knock, knock it off. off. Just stop it. Just you stop your stop. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be enough. Stop for me. being a reptile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, I think that's all I've got. Do you have anything else for us? Um I don't think I do, unless you really want to hear some more of my uh celebrity branded ideas. Give me your best one. Oh, my best one. Give me your best two. Uh, Give me your best two, okay. please. My best two. Uh, what about the Wesley Snipes dating app where you snipe left or right and it's just a uh, an animation of Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man just kicking someone out of the way? Is this a paid app? Uh, sure. You know yes. that business pays no taxes. Yes. yes. Absolutely Oh, not. definitely not. Yeah. No, that was the other one is the Wesley Snipes tax prep software. <laughs> Where you just log in and you tell them how much you make and then it says you don't own any taxes. Yeah. Do you, another another question. Is that a paid service? 
<laughs> Most definitely, because he owes so much so in back taxes. So many monies. He's, he owes so many monies. All right, I got one more for you. One more. Christian Bale's Christian Bale Bondsman, where he only gives you bail bond money if you're a Christian. Wow. Okay, that that's pretty niche on two levels. Yeah. You you yeah. could go with a like a Daniel Craig James James Bondsman, <laughs> but he has to he has to kill two people before he can give you your bond, which seems like a lot on him, but to get that double O credential, you know, he you know he's got to kill two people you love. Mhm. So I feel like yeah, like you know, you're getting money to get your release, but you're also sacrificing a lot, and I kind of like that one. So like a, J- a James board. Bondsman, I'm on board. I'm pretty James Bondsman. Yeah, I'm pretty fully on board that idea. Well, Michael, I think that'll do it for trends in low places. I hope uh, I hope you all have a great evening or day wherever you're at. Bye, Michael. Bye, Mr. Cushing. Love you. Love you too. Bye. 